if you only focus on urgency and that's all that your email is all about, you don't have anything else to say. You don't have a story. You don't have social proof like benefits. You don't have anything apart from your discount and saying you only have 24 hours left. That's not going to work anymore because you're not the only one doing this. The tactic is overused and the consumers now know what's happening when they see that email. Welcome back to the Honest Marketing Podcast, where you learn proven strategies to grow your business without selling your soul. I'm your host, Travis Saul Britton, and today we're talking all about sales, copywriting, specifically with emails, something that everyone loves to talk about. Not really. It's it's one of those things where you know you need to do it. You know you need to sell with your e- to your email list. You need to engage your audience. Tell them about the products and services that you have. But there's always this tension or this hesitation about, well, I don't want to be overly salesy. I don't want to drive people away. I want them to feel really good about the promotions that I run and feel like I'm being of service to them. And so my guest today, Monica Badu, who does this professionally, this is literally all that she does is write sales emails for brands, for companies, for experts, shares all of her best tips and advice for how to write sales emails that are compelling, that drive results, but also empower the people on your email list to feel good about themselves and the action that they can take to make their life better. So if that sounds too good to be true, stick around for this episode and we're going to dig into all of that and definitely make sure to stick around to the very end where I'll give you my number one takeaway from my conversation with Monica. But here it is. Let's dive in. Monica, welcome to the podcast. Happy to have you here and just looking forward to digging into all things email copywriting with you today. I'm super excited. I hope we're going to have some fun and your audience is going to learn some really interesting things. And I think they're going to love what they're hearing because I come with like a fresh attitude. I love that. So before we dig into the, the meat of the episode, I would love to just introduce yourself. Who are you? What's your background? And what is your specialty when it comes to copywriting and email copywriting and those kind of things? I'm an email marketing copywriter. That's what I love to do. And that's like my area of expertise. I focus solely on email promotions. So I write the emails that everybody hates, but the emails that are actually making money. So it's like, well, a sale is on, get your discount and all of that. And I've been doing that for about three years, like exclusively just that. And in the process, I have learned that there are there is a different approach to doing these sales emails without knowing an audience. Because, and this is going to like trigger some people, I've had to write (laughs) uh, two promotions per month for the same client and promote the same course 12 times over the course of 13 months. So you really need to find an elegant way to provide value and keep your audience uh, attached to you as a brand so they won't unsubscribe, basically. Yeah. And over before that, uh, I'm what you would call like a marketing unicorn. Um, I've been in marketing since I was like 21 and I'm 36 now. And I've done everything you can think of, including stuff that I really hated doing just because I didn't have the training, I didn't have the mentor, and I didn't know that you could write like uh, social media posts that empower people rather than make them feel bad about themselves so they can go and buy your product. So I've done that and it doesn't feel really good. It, it's awful. And over the last few years, I've also been coaching people on writing their copy and emails. And um, 
Uh, this kind of breaks my heart because I see so many people who really care about their audience and they're not selling, they're not actively promoting their courses or services because they have this mindset that if they sell, they annoy. And yet at the same time, their competitors have no problem promising, oh, this is going to solve all the problems in your life. Please get this course now and use the discount. So that's like a, in a in a nutshell about my professional professional career. Let's call it that. Uh, other than that, I've been an entrepreneur for as as long as I can remember, and uh, I'm super passionate about providing value to customers and having an impact in the community. So all of these things are now kind of working together. Um, I'm also like super obsessed with psychology and consumer behavior. And learning all of this is kind of how do I use my marketing powers for good? <laughs> and this is awesome because I look at emails, I look at ads, and now I can spot, you know, the tactics that they're using. And I can filter the brands and I can say, no, you're not getting my money. Sounds good, but you're not getting my money because <laughs> you're using this approach. Yeah, well, I'm really excited to have you on today because you're right sales emails are some of the hardest emails to write because at the end of the day, like you're writing it because you're trying to sell something. You want somebody to purchase a product. And there are some strategies that have certainly been touted as being very effective, but long-term are not great for strengthening a relationship or connection that you have with your audience. And so, so I'm excited to dig into that with you today. So the first thing that I want to know is, you know, for anyone who's listening that maybe they aren't uh, a marketer by trade, maybe they're just running the company or they're an entrepreneur, what's different between copywriting versus other kinds of written content? Just so we can uh, get an idea of where we're starting from, of what the intent is when we're starting to write an email that's copywriting driven. Intent is a really good word to explain this. So you have different types of content and each type of content has a different goal. If you're going to do social media, you're probably going to do it for like awareness. You're going to try to entertain people. If you're going to do a blog post, you're probably going to try to educate people. If you're going to do an email that's like a sales email, your purpose is to coach the prospect into uh, purchasing something. And I use the word coach because that's what we're doing. We're not selling. We're not convincing them. We are coaching prospects. Yeah. And I'm glad that you said that too, because a lot of the sales email that I've read when I'm a part of someone's launch or a funnel or things like that, it's like borderline manipulation. Like what are all the buttons we can push to get you to press this button on the email and give us your credit card information? And like that, it's very clear that's the intent right? But I'm a good human being. You're a good human being. Everyone listening to this podcast, if you're listening to the Honest Marketing Podcast, you don't want that to be said about you. So when we're writing emails with the intent of offering something that will make our future clients and customers' lives better, there can be this tension of doing what quote unquote works versus what you would feel good putting your name behind. And so I think right off the bat, uh, I would just love to hear from you what are some of the best practices, put air quotes around that, best practices that uh, are often repeated or, you know, people just say, oh, well, that's just how you write sales emails that don't work anymore. 
as buyers' behavior has shifted, as people have kind of wised up to things that used to work but don't work anymore? Like, what are the things that come to your mind as far as things that a lot of people suggest that you do with sales emails that don't actually convert in the way that you would hope that they do? And so I think the biggest one is just blessing urgency and scarcity. And this is overused to the point where if I go to my inbox right now and I search for like last 24 hours, final reminder, I get dozens of emails that I have received in just like the last week. And it used to work really well to the point where I know maybe five or 10 years ago, there weren't many people who were using these tactics in that way with email. So obviously they were getting traction. Plus, it's also this thing that it's tapping into a very natural behavior that humans have. It's like fear of missing out. And I hate that. I hate when it's used. It's very effective. But if you only focus on urgency and that's all that your email is all about, you don't have anything else to say. You don't have a story. You don't have um, social proof like benefits. You don't have anything apart from your discount and saying you only have 24 hours left, that's not going to work anymore because you're not the only one doing this. The tactics, the tactic is overused and the consumers now know what's happening when they see that email. Plus, if you're someone who does this very often, you do it once, you do it twice. By the third time, your customers are going to see a pattern. And if you haven't done anything in the, in the meantime to provide value, to kind of show them, this is my mission. This is what I'm doing. I'm actually coaching you. I know you have this goal. And I know that this is human nature to procrastinate until the end of time. But this can also work if you give this a try. So I think that's the biggest one. And um, that's one of the most like salesy approaches because they're all about fear-mongering and scarcity, and they do really lack value. That doesn't mean that I don't use them, but they do have a very well-defined place in a promotion. Let's talk about that because I, I totally agree. Like one of my biggest pet peeves as someone that's involved in marketing is when I go to a sales page and there's a countdown timer and I'm like, oh, this countdown timer is only 27 minutes. That's a random number. Let's see what happens at zero and nothing happens at zero. The page is still there. You can still put your information in there. You refresh the page and it goes back to 27 minutes. It's like, okay, awesome. You're just using a countdown timer specifically for this reason. It's just for the FOMO effect. So how do you actually use urgency and scarcity ethically where you're trying to communicate when it's actually there? Whether it's like an event that's coming up and it's like, listen, this is when the event is. You can try and sign up afterwards, but the event's done. Like you can't go anymore mm -hmm. or there's actually a limited number of seats. Like I can only handle X number of clients. There's two spots left. If you want them, come and get them. And that's not just like a made up number. That's actually true. Would those be good examples of scarcity and urgency or like how do you incorporate yes. them when you're writing sales emails? Uh, so those two are like the easiest and most ethical examples of using scarcity and urgency. Unfortunately, in real life scenarios, that's not always what we have. Sure. And because we write promo emails, we do have a goal to achieve conversion. So uh, what I do is I use the countdown in the last three emails of a promotion. And the promos I write are usually between six to eight promo emails. 
And the reason I'm able to do that much is because I don't focus them solely on the discount. Honestly, the most often, like the only times I actually lead with a discount is probably the first email and maybe the last two emails in the series. And it only starts with like, I actually wrote something earlier today, can read you. One of the emails I usually have in the last three emails, those that people are actually saying, well, last 48 hours, grab them while you can. It's a frequently asked question. And this goes back to the mentality of the person who is actually interested in buying this because they're opening your emails, right? If it's someone who has opened, who hasn't opened any email in the last week, they would have no idea what you're talking about. So first you segment based on engagement with those emails. So this email, the frequently asked question, assumes that the person who is reading this is a procrastinator. They still have doubts. They still have questions. They're wondering, is this actually for me? And yeah, the discount looks nice, but that's not the only thing that matters. So what I do is I start with, um, hi, Monica. So this week I'm offering an X percent discount on this course. But since you're receiving this reminder, there's a chance you're not entirely sure this is right, the right choice for you. You're not alone and being skeptical is normal. And I know that even simple barriers can be used as an excuse, a red light for not progressing. Many people in your industry are concerned that what I teach is not going to be useful given their specific situation, expertise, level of experience. So I want to address all these questions, and this should give you enough information to decide if this course is right for you while there's still time to save. And then the rest of it is like as many questions as makes sense. And then towards the end, I don't even have a call to action button to get the discount. <laughs> it just says, if you have any questions about what's included or whether it's a good fit for you, reach out. I'm more than happy to answer questions. So this is a very different way to do the urgency in a way that feels good to you and to the person reading because you give them the power. You're not forcing their hand. You tell them the power is here with you. And even for the other two emails, which are regular scarcity, they drive you mad at some point. Final reminder, three exclamation points, alert emojis, and all of that. <laughs> when you can actually put your coaching hat on and be ethical about the business you're going to do. You can describe the problem they're having. Like for this client, the last two emails are going to be sent on a Sunday. And for his industry and specific audience, there is a big problem with working during weekends. So that's what I'm, I'm talking about. It's like, I'm no fortune teller, but if you're anything like I was back in my early days, I can say there's a big chance you're reading this email from your office on a weekend, not because it's a special occasion, but because working on weekends has become the new normal. So throughout this email, I talk about why they're working during weekends and how it's not their fault. It's because that's what people assume they need to do when they try this new thing. But there are some people, in his case, like thousands of people just like you, who discovered there's a better way, a way in which they don't have to work during weekends. They don't have to work with clients that are not a good fit. They don't have to get stuck in working with projects that don't really mean anything for them. And that's the course that's teaching them. And I have some testimonials. And then toward the end of that email, I actually have a button that says, get your access and save now and a countdown. 
I hope to see you inside. So you can do all these different things with your urgency emails. But this is a very different approach to what you're normally seeing. And it's a very different approach to the templates that are being sold as promo emails. And in these emails, you can actually show people how much you care without manipulating them. I'm not saying my copy is perfect. I still have a long, long, long road ahead of me to learn. But it's a much better way to to get people, to work with the people who are interested in what you do, to actually get them to commit to doing your course. Because a lot of people just focus on the sale, but that's not the end of the road. That's just the beginning. It is. And the catch-22 are the things that people don't think about, especially because you're like, oh, we had this six-figure launch, this seven-figure product launch, course launch, what have you. It's like, yeah, well, how many people ask for a refund because you twisted their arm to get to divide in the first place or how many people showed up for the wrong reason or with the wrong motivation and now they they're not really excited about this investment they made they're not motivated to take action because they feel like they were either taken advantage of or they made a poor choice so they feel guilty about it you know it's like how do i justify this expense to my spouse that i probably shouldn't have made but i made anyways and and so now you've started what you hope to be a long-term relationship with this feeling of a bait and switcher that I was taking advantage of. And so, you know, if you just think about the long-term health of your business, it, it doesn't make sense if you're thinking about it beyond just this one sale to, to put everything into converting as many people as possible, no matter what, because it will impact your business and how you sell moving forward, right? That person will never buy from you again. They're never going to tell anyone else in their industry about you. If they do, it's going to be negative word of mouth about, hey, never buy from this person, never buy a course that they make. Once you kind of like step back and say, okay, what I really want is to not churn 50% of my new customers every single time I do a launch, then maybe this is a better approach just beyond being a good, a good human being. You know, it's in your own selfish best interest to just be a good person yeah. <laughs> when you're writing sales and emails. Even, even the people who read your emails, but they don't buy. If they get enough emails that are not that don't feel good, right? That don't value themselves like as a human being, they don't add any value. Because you can write promo emails that do add value. They can shift the perspective, right? Even if they don't buy now. If you have enough emails that make them feel bad about themselves, they're just gonna tune themselves out. Because why would you do business with someone who doesn't feel good to do business? Because even if it's email and digital, we're still uh, very emotion-based, right? If it doesn't feel good, we're not going to take action. And we just tune out people until we just get sick of it and unsubscribe. So personally, because I've had to write so many promo emails over the years, and I had to come up with very elegant and interesting and relevant ways to talk about the problem people have, um, it it kind of like what I write is always, okay, so even if they don't buy, but they decide to, to read this email, how can I add value to them? What's something that I can say in this email, even if it's like just one line, a question or an affirmation or something like that, that they can use and think about throughout the day and help them see the problem in a different perspective. Because something that lots of people are not doing with their emails, 
they don't talk about the real objections people have. So it's not time and money. It goes beyond that. And if you go deeper, like if you talk about your fears, but in a very empathetic way, uh, fear of uh, them not being able to achieve their goal, how they're procrastinating and sabotaging, sabotaging themselves from actually taking the action to work on their goal. If you're not uh, very clear about the expectations they have, right? Because lots of people position their product like, this is a miracle. Overnight, you're going to have amazing results. But that's not what happens. You need to commit to doing the work. And that's how you do it with your emails. And I think this is an awesome way to just rethink the sales emails. It's not about forcing people to buy something. It's not about, you know, making them feel bad about themselves. It's about coaching them about the opportunities they have. And your course, product, service is not unique anymore. They have plenty of other ways to get a solution. So you really need to do a good job to educate and nurture and position yourself as a partner. Because just as you said before, when times get tough, clients will remember what were the brands that actually felt like they cared about you rather than just just give me your money. A hundred percent. So I want to dig into the how to put together a really great email and get really practical. So anyone listening to this that writes sales emails or promotion emails can have some really uh, specific practical things they can do to make their emails more effective. And we've touched on some of these things like don't overuse urgency and scarcity just to manipulate an action. Uh, be empathetic, coach people through it. Uh, but it all starts with getting them to open your email or open your LinkedIn message, right? So when you're putting together a subject line for an email or for a message, how do you approach that? Because there's some some parts of it that are science, but it's I've I've seen it to be very much an art form and that every single person kind of has their own flavor or take on what makes a good subject line. So I'd be, I'd be curious your approach to subject lines. So we have been marketing this concept around the big idea. And for me, each email needs to have a big idea. So for instance, if I'm talking about um, a fear they have, I go through Google, I go through customer language, I go through uh, testimonials, and I try to identify some of those fears and then relay them to something else that might be happening. So um, sometimes I write subject lines that I know will trigger people into opening the emails. It can sound bad. <laughs> is it your fault? Yeah, this is not working. So for the right audience who might be struggling to actually sell something, that's what's going in their head, right? They have this fear that it's actually them, the reason their business isn't working or that they can't lose weight. And in that email, what I actually do is try to identify a big idea, something that the audience can relate to. And it could be, um, it's not your fault this isn't working. It's because traditional teaching methods were designed 100 years ago for a generation and for a world that does not exist anymore. But you're still trying to uh, adapt to this modern society we have using those outdated concepts. This is not going to work anymore. 
So if you're feeling bad that it's your fault, it's not actually your fault. Society has failed you. The traditional uh, schooling system has failed you. And if you go to Google and you search for a solution, you'll see that most of those results are not actually doing anything. And if you're someone who's committed to solve this problem, you probably listened to some podcasts, you probably read some books, you probably invested some time and effort only to find yourself going back in the first place, feeling uh, demotivated, disappointed, and wondering, will this actually change anytime soon? But if you try right now to just drop the outdated mindset, you'll see that there are other ways you can solve this problem. Over here, we've developed this method that approaches modern day teaching method. We don't focus on um, making students memorize 400 words. We teach you how to use what you already know to make progress as fast as possible. And there's more to it. You can learn more if you go here. The, the only thing that you need to consider right now is do you want to learn based on the old methods or do you want to make progress faster using modern day teaching science or, or something like that? So you take one idea, one fear, and you try to guide that person through a different, a different way of looking at things. So the subject line, you, you can totally lean into a very specific emotional response yes. as long as when they open the email, it's consistent with the contents of the email. Cause, yes. cause I've seen some of that be like a, like a counter reaction to, we don't want to be sensationalist or clickbaity. So we're, we're going to write something vanilla so as not to offend, but then nobody opens the email and you can't serve them with the content of the email. The problem is that some tactics, unfortunately, we still have to, to take on just because addressing that approach with outdated methods and traditional way of thinking um, what's happening in today's society, we have so many distractions and so much stuff is happening around us all the time. We have so much information asking for our attention that if your content, if your message doesn't relate emotionally to something they might be struggling with right now, you're not going to get their attention. And if you're in this to help your audience, actually like genuinely help your audience um, live a better life. You need to make sure that your message really taps deeper into the emotional background. And sometimes you have this kind of subject lines, but that's just like only the first step. You need to for you need them to open the email to get the knowledge, right? And yeah, you can have positive based emotions. You can talk about the future. Um, but again, there's like a time and place for that in a promotion. Uh, what I start, what I do is I usually have a few warm-up emails before any sales promo. And those warm-up emails are basically the justification for me sending the promo emails, for me actually selling the course. And I start with problem, agitate, solution, an email for each one. And that's what allows me to make the promo contextual and relevant and super valuable. Because, for instance, and I give this example all the time. If you're in the U.S. and it's April, you have to do your taxes. Everybody hates doing taxes. But that's where you can start your audience and you can connect with them in the problem, a common problem you're having, and then help them manage that problem 
in a way that they can see instant relief, just like a little bit to tease it. And then you can connect the dots to the promo saying, that's how we help other people just like you navigate the tax season or navigate um, their responsibilities as, an, as entrepreneurs. So that helps you to combine value with selling and coaching at the same time. Um, and I don't see lots of people doing it, or if they do it, they have very short emails or um, and it's not doing necessarily a proper job of raising awareness and connecting with your audience in, in, the, in the context. And if you look at it, like if you do this every month, once a month over the course of a year, you know what your audience is going to think? It's like this person is actually understands me. Like this person can connect with me based on what's happening in January or what's viral on TikTok from TikTok from my industry in February or what are the changes that are coming in April because the government changes something or over my fear of, I know the climate is going to shit. So there are so many ways you can tap into the contextual awareness of your audience and position yourself as someone who cares and at the same time still, you know, convert them, like lead them to conversion. But you're doing it from a place of, if you want to do this now, rather than you have to do this now. And this is going to trigger people who are who saying that this is all about profit and selling. And that's like a personal, personal, I know, mission of mine. You don't need to always be selling. Yeah. And if the only time you reach out to someone is when you need to sell them something, then that's not a very healthy business relationship as far as you positioning it's, yourself as a guide for them. Exactly. It's not going to go well long term. So don't be afraid to to tap into emotions, fears, doubts in the subject line, in the email, make sure that it's being of service to them, empowering them, making them feel like they have the ability to take action, instilling them with confidence, and then giving them a next step should they choose to take it. That, that seems like that's, if I can kind of like bottle up everything we've talked about as a philosophy, as an approach for sales, copywriting, and emails, that that's what you've seen really work well. Is, is that accurate? At least for the clients I have worked with, it might not work for everyone. I, I can't say that like it's 100%, but it's, uh, I hope it's opening people to a different way of doing things. Um, I've been taking this approach for clients for the past three years. One of the clients I have worked with is the, in these years has made over $3 million just from this kind of promotions. And uh, it's not easy. Like, it's not easy to take this approach. But I think um, at the end of the day, is you really need to ask yourself, do you feel good about what you're doing? Like, does it feel good? Because if it doesn't feel good, you're not going to have the motivation to do this long term. And you're always going to send that email and you're going to dread the responses. What if they hate it? What if they complain and all of that? So... It's it's a lot. It's a lot better to do it like this. And everybody is super scared of this approach. My emails are usually longer. <laughs> but it's it's on the idea that not, not everybody's gonna read that email and that's fine. I only want the right person to read that email. And it's the person who finds it relevant and who finds that the message speaks to themselves to them. So that's what I focus on. 
And just recently, I wrote something for a client for the first time. And they were so freaking out about the whole the whole thing. And even if my emails are not salesy, they were still freaking out about having the countdown in the last three emails. But before we got there, I had those warm-up emails. And something that I do in each warm-up email, I have a small call to action that asks people to engage. It's either reply to this email or... Um, click a one-time, a one-question survey, or I know, get a downloadable freebie, something that would help take the the purpose of the email home. And when he sent the first email, he got hundreds of responses back. And they were all saying how valuable this is, how they love reading that, how they want more of that. So that's an amazing, amazing feedback from your audience. And Technically, it also helps your deliverability. Uh, strategically, it actually helps train for the micro commitment, you know, click the button and all of that. So you can also go there, there if you want more, more reasons to use this. But essentially what it does, it invites the audience to engage with you and it opens an opportunity for conversation and connection because they're looking up to you. You are the one who has the answers. They want guidance from you. They want an opportunity to talk to you. And you can go, you can either be elegant about it and have a really good conversation and get some really good customer language and customer feedback from them. Or, you know, you could just go straight for the sale. That's that's up to the client. But it's a really good opportunity to, to connect. So before we wrap up, is there anything that I haven't asked you yet about writing copywriting sales emails that I definitely should have asked you if I knew to ask the question. Like, like what have I missed here? Finding ideas maybe for, for your emails. I think that's a big one and has lots of people stuck. Like, what do I actually talk about if I don't talk about my product and its features and its benefits? One of the best ways you can do this is look at your customer language and customer feedback. Make a list of objections. What are the most common objections they have? And then each email can answer a specific objection. The other one is, and this is a really fun way. And this is uh, for managing expectations. Lots of people promise, no, 100% it will will change your life. That's not true. Plus, lots of people don't have 400 hours of time to get the ultimate result you want. So manage the expectation. If they only want to invest 10% of their effort, what can they do with that? What's the minimum outcome they can get with the minimum time and effort invested? So that's a super fun one. And for the others, I've talked about this before, figure out what are the things that keep them stuck? What are the fears? What are the concerns they have? And talk about that in in your emails. Position yourself as a coach. That's that's like my best advice for this. No, that's really great advice because that's true. It's like, oh, I got to write an email this week. What the heck am I going to write it about? So I think that's really, really great advice. Uh, Where can people go to connect with you to learn to read more about what you do to maybe check out your blog or your LinkedIn, like where, where should people go if they want to connect with you online or, or uh, reach out to you? So they can find me on LinkedIn and on YouTube and on my blog at monicabadiu.com. Uh, on LinkedIn, I have email reviews and they're super fun. And I basically exemplify everything I teach 
Because <laughs> I know it's very complicated and sounds very vague when I'm saying, well, lead with value, be a coach, whatever. So that's that's what I'm doing, those email reviews. And then on my blog, they're going to learn so much about consumer behavior and um, addressing objections. So it's not just like copywriting formulas and all of that. Um, so I think that's a really good place to start. Absolutely. And we'll link all of those places in the show notes. So just scroll down on your app, wherever you're listening to this, Apple Podcasts or Spotify and click the links and you can go and check out all the awesome stuff that Monica's up to. But thank you so much for your time and sharing your expertise. Uh, I know that everyone listening learned a lot today. Thank you for having me, Travis, and uh, for giving me the opportunity to show people there there is a, another way to do the whole sales email stuff. Absolutely. So I would say that the number one thing that I took away from my conversation with Monica, the number one nugget that I'm going to be keeping in mind as I write emails with a particular intent to sell something or, or even just emails in general is not being afraid to tap into emotion and not just the surface level emotion, but really digging into the fears, the anxieties, the hesitations, the, the discouragement that people on my email list or people in my audience in my community are feeling and speaking to those fears, not as a way of twisting the knife and manipulating them into some kind of action or sale, but to speak into that and to coach into that confidence and empowerment and wanting them to become the best version of themselves and not allowing those fears and hesitations to hold them back any longer. Like if I can do that in my emails, regardless of whether somebody ever does business with me or not, and you do that too with your business emails, we can all make the world a better place. So definitely make sure to go and check out Monica's blog, her YouTube channel, her LinkedIn profile, connect with her over there. All of those are linked in the show notes for you, for your convenience, and uh, definitely engage with her and let her know uh, how much you loved her conversation here on the Honest Marketing Podcast. Well, I hope you enjoyed another interview here, and I'll talk to you next week. As always, be honest. 